0: Welcome back to Sound the Foghorn. As always, I am your host, Mark DeLucci. Today, we are back with our 37th episode of the season. The Giants and Dodgers are tied in first place. This is how they entered this huge three-game series. As we enter, as we get into the first week of September, Giants and Dodgers split the first two games of the series. Uh, I'm recording this on Saturday night. It'll be up Sunday morning when you'll probably be listening to this. And they're going to be on tonight uh, on ESPN for Sunday Night Baseball um, for the you know division lead. You know it's not for the crown yet. Although the thing about both of these teams with very you know, few matchups remaining. And if you look down the schedule, you know the, the Giants have a grind here. They're going to be playing the Padres um, a number of times here in this final month of the regular season. The Padres have obviously struggled. But you know, they're a team that's going to be playing for their postseason lives, being on the edge of that second wildcard spot. So that's going to be a lot of tough games. And so any team who can come out of this series with a lead, even just a one-game lead, has an opportunity take that and really run with it um Walker Bueller will be on the mound for the Dodgers the Giants we really have no idea and that's where we're gonna start the Giants of course win the first game of the series a thriller on Friday night that goes to 11 innings the Giants end up victorious uh three with a three to two win Anthony DiSclefani Di finally seems to break the Dodgers bug that has been holding him back almost, it seems like, all season. DiSclefani has been very good for the Giants all season. He's been arguably elite against everyone but the Giants, but but the Dodgers, where he has one start this year. He's given up 10 earned runs, another one with six earned runs, but in his sixth matchup against the Dodgers this season, he goes six shutout innings a uh, big um innings from him hands it off to the bullpen gets it to jake mcgee who ultimately blows the save in the ninth inning sends it to extras uh where the giants end up victorious on a trey turner throwing error in the bottom of the 11th that pulls will smith who is playing first base at this point off the bag allows buster posey to be safe and the winning run to score, but earlier today or on Saturday, the Giants um, had went with a bullpen game. Uh, they've had you know a number of well, Alex Wood tested positive for COVID nineteen and he's been dealing with some fairly severe symptoms a- at this point. Um, so you know he might frankly be done for the season. We'll see how things look because obviously he's going to have to ramp up. Um, just to get back in you know, playing shape, and who knows by that point if he has the time in the season to then get back to pitching shape, or he might have to be sort of limited to the bullpen as they sort of inch him back in. We'll obviously see how that plays out going forward. We obviously send the best out to him and hope he can recover as quickly as possible. But so they're already down one starter. Johnny Cueto goes on the I.L. last week, so they're down a second starter. And so they, they go to the bullpen, and they have Jay Jackson, who's been you know, a solid uh, minor league free agent pickup. He's been very good for them. Had a couple shaky outings, but for the most part, it has been really good this year. This was one of those shaky outings, though, for Jay. Gives up a leadoff homer to Trey Turner. Sets off a three-run inning. He's ultimately only able to get one out. And the Giants have to go deeper into their bullpen a bit earlier than they wanted to. Harleen Garcia steps up in a big way. Gives them a multi inning outing that ultimately saves them from having to fully, um, you know, kind of derail their bullpen. He gives them two and two thirds uh, shutout innings um, before handing it off to Jose Alvarez, who gives them a quick inning. Um, Zach Lattell gives up a run, although a Mauricio Dubon error is the, is the primary driver of that. Jose Quintana gets a couple of outs. John Brebbia uh, gets a shutout inning in there. Caleb Berger gets a shutout eighth. And then Sammy Long in for the ninth ends up having to throw forty pitches, gives up a couple of runs, and Evan Longoria fielding error plays a part in this. But nonetheless, Long was not sharp. He issued a couple of walks, surrendered a home run, and the Giants ultimately fall six to one. This was kind of the, a recent. Uh, it's been a common but recent story for the Giants where they got nine hits, um, weren't able to work any walks, but they got nine hits, including uh, four doubles. But they were pretty spaced out. And, you know, when when it counted most with runners in scoring position, they were one for eight. So they leave nine runners on base. And even though they out hit the Giant even though they outhit the Dodgers, they're ultimately outscored by five runs. And and the reason why I want to talk about it is again, look, the Giants offensive struggles are I think well noted at this point. If you're a fan of this team, if you've been following this team, you've seen that the consistent it seemed like every game, the 5, the 6, the f- minimum four run innings, it seemed like that the Giants were churning out throughout this season have come, you know, kind of disappeared recently. I'm not too concerned about though that though. I mean, again, obviously you always want your offense to be firing on all cylinders heading into the postseason, but you know every team barring maybe a few exceptions in the entire history of major league baseball are able to go wire to wire from opening day to the end of the regular season or the end of the world series and not have some, you know, sort of slump sort of dry spells. Again, the giants are tied for first place in the NL West tied for the best record in MLB. You know, it's bound to happen. They've had a few injuries, Um, you know, here and there, you know, Donovan Solano was the first COVID case. So they're, they're down him on the infield. Wilmer Flores has gone on the aisle. We saw Alex Dickerson go on the aisle earlier today as well. And so we're seeing a little accumulation of these injuries. The giants, I think are also an older team. And I think it's important to keep in mind that the giants might be more prone to fade as the season wears on, as they've been heavily reliant on guys like Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford, who are obviously into their mid thirties. You know, even Darren Ruff, someone who's up there in baseball years. But, you know, offense does tend to come with these kind of ebbs and flows, you know. Ultimately, you know, it's the famous saying, right? But the, the best baseball, the best hitters in the major leagues making out seven out of ten times. And I realize that actually is more like six out of ten times with on-base percentage. But that's still, more often than not, the best players, who you know, whoever they are, are going to make outs more And they get hits. And what that means is just a a mathematical fact. Probabilistically, there are going to be some opportunities sometimes when those hits just aren't going to come at the right time. And so, you know it's something you just kind of got to stumble through and you, the giants have to hope it reads cuz right the trade deadline is past they they acquired a hitter they acquired chris bryan arguably one of the the best sluggers in major league baseball and he's been very good for them in the middle of the lineup and playing defense all over the infield and outfield so, you know, there, there aren't many options for them here. They have this offense. It's carried them to an 86-50 and 50 start. They have to trust that it will be able to rebound strong enough to help them continue the success they've had this season to close it out and into the postseason. The pitching side is a bit more shaky, right? Because the pitching, especially the starting pitching, was the thing we were many of us were worried about coming into the year. Then it got off to this excellent start. looked like it was one of the best rotations in baseball, the way it was performing. And really, the last couple months, few months now, but especially recently, it's really regressed, partially as injuries have piled up. And we've seen the depth of this unit really get tested. And that's why today, they have to use eight relievers, none of whom are starting pitchers. And the weird thing is they use Jose Quintana and Sammy Long, the two pitchers who seem like the most obvious pitchers to start tomorrow, or excuse me, while you're listening to this today, Sunday night's game where the Giants don't have a starter on the roster who ex- expect to be rested. They could start Kevin Gaussman on short rest, but that would seem to go counter to a lot of what the Giants have done this season. It's worth keeping in mind you know, at least I'm looking at this from the Giants perspective. If I were involved in the decision making process, you know, not I don't know if I'd be that keen on moving Calsman to short rest to go up against Walker Bueller, arguably, you know, at least one of the five best pitchers in baseball, arguably the best healthy pitcher in baseball right now. It just doesn't seem like the obvious move from that perspective. And so Sammy Long seemed like the perfect fit. Like, okay, Sammy Long's going to start tomorrow. Hopefully, you get five innings. Maybe you only get three or four, but at least you get some bulk. And, you know, Caleb Berger throws the eighth inning of today's game. The Giants are already down three runs. It's four to one at that point. Berger throws a 13 pitch, one, two, three inning. And you're thinking, all right, Berger will come out for the ninth, and then, you know, you head into tomorrow going with Long. Instead, they pull Berger. They put in Long. Long struggles. And again, I'm not, you know, I, I think... If you follow me on on Twitter, which you can, at Mad Deluki, That's M A D D E L U C C H I. You know, I'll comment on, on bullpen decisions from time to time. Less so now, as I think I've kind of come to appreciate. I think Cap. I think part of it is Manager Gabe Kapler has gotten into a bit of a more comfortable space with his bullpen and getting a bit more comfortable knowing when to use guys a bit better. But that's been something that's been a consistent, I think, struggle or area of sort of a questionable decision making. You could argue for him. But most of the time, it's not from a perspective of, I think this pitcher is going to do bad in this situation. Like, I I have no, like, look, Putting Sammy Long in in that situation, I don't expect Sammy Long to give up any runs. He's been fairly solid for them, although admittedly inconsistent. It's a 4-1 game. If he does give up a couple runs, it's not the biggest deal in the world. My thinking is, heading into Sunday, I want Sammy Long fresh and well-rested and ready to give me length. Instead, he throws 39 pitches. I can't imagine you can even use Long for an inning on Sunday now. And so it makes me wonder what the Giants are going to do, because you look, okay, Mark, well, you're the prospect guy, by the way. I dropped my updated uh, Giants top 31 prospect rankings over at Around the Foghorn. You should go on over to Around the Foghorn. I think I'll have to scroll down now. We dropped on Wednesday. And then you can just read the updated um, top 31 rankings. It's full scouting reports on the top 31 prospects. I also have all the honorable mention guys that goes to 42 with a little paragraph on them. And even some notes on several other guys, it's, it's, it's notes and things from my talk with industry sources. That's, you know, uh, pro- professional scouts around the league and, and other um, industry evaluators as well. That, that goes into it alongside my own analysis, both on the statistical and scouting side. I really recommend that, especially if you're trying to get a sense of the giant system, but you might ask me, okay, Mark, who's the guy at triple a, the giants are going to call up. Well, the only real prospect of AAA in that rotation would be Sean Jelly, except he threw six innings on Saturday, so he's unavailable. You might say, well, what about Scott Casper? He's a AAA. Well, he threw a few innings on Friday, so, I mean, you maybe, but it would seem like you'd really be breaking up a routine there, and you'd have to make some 40-man roster moves to make it happen. And so, you know, it really gets interesting to see what they're going to do on Sunday. Um, you know, they could call it Camilo Duvall, just go another bullpen game. But again, back-to-back bullpen games is a surefire way, you know, to, to really force guys to get used. Someone I've been high on, though, and there is one prospect at AAA. He isn't technically a starting pitcher anymore, but he was as of 2019. His name's Carvine Castro. He's one of three players who the Giants added to the 40-man roster to protect them from the Rule 5 draft last offseason, along with Camilo Doval and Gregory Santos, who both have made their big league debuts this season. Castro hasn't. But ironically, Castro has been the best of that trio at A this season. 30 games in relief, 2.86 ERA. But even though he's been in relief, 30 games, 45 innings. He's been a number of multi-inning... S- outings. He's actually been stretched to 50, and even 60 pitches on a couple of occasions. He struck out 60 guys in 44 innings. Walks are a bit high, but if the Giants are looking for length, Castro is already on the 40-man roster. He hasn't pitched since the 2nd of September. That seems like the most obvious move to me, but again, I really think the Giants really handcuffed themselves using both Quintana, but especially using Long on Saturday. Nonetheless, let's take a look around the National League because you know the Giants' series with the Dodgers will end and there's still plenty of regular season left regardless of what the outcome of Sunday's game. So the Giants will go to Colorado, start a three-game series off against the Rockies. That's obviously going to be huge. The Rockies have been good at home this year, but the Rockies are not a good team. The Giants need to take care of business there before they head to Chicago a Day off, and then they head to Chicago to play the Cubs, where Chris Bryant will make his first return to Wrigley Field in a Giants uniform. And that will be exciting for other reasons. But also, again, you got six games against the Rockies and Cubs. Two teams without much talent on their roster. The Giants need to win those games before they return home to host the Padres, host the Atlanta host Atlanta, travel down to San Diego to play the Padres for a very um big but also difficult 10 game stretch so coming out of the Dodgers series Giants will have six games against essentially last place quality opponents before returning for some highly uh, high leverage some some very um tougher baseball as we get into the middle days of September so you know that's where the Giants stand right now obviously you know, It seems like at this point, you know, we know what this Giants team is capable of. We know sort of the way. Uh, They're going to use rotations. We know sort of as Mike Yastrzemski has struggled, all right, he's going to sit against left-handed pitching in a way he wouldn't have earlier in the season or in 2019 or 2020. You know, Austin Slater is going to sit against right-handed pitching, you know, things like that. The Giants are being aggressive with platoons. They did get Evan Longoria back recently from the injured list, activating him earlier this week. So that'll give them a bit more flexibility with Chris Bryant to move him around and take advantage of his ability to play left field and right field, even a bit of center, a bit of short stop, but second base as well. So um, I think we're going to see that be a way. We'll see Bryant utilized more Donovan Solano, who, again, as I mentioned, has been dealing with COVID, been isolated and quarantined in New York. He is get he is flying back. To the Bay Area tomorrow, he's reported being cleared, tested negative a number of times, which means he'll now begin working back into game shape. Now, what that looks like, we'll, we don't know. He could be ready you know, by the end of next week. He could take a few weeks to get back up to shape. That's obviously going to be a case-by-case basis um, with that. But he could be another infielder to integrate into the mix. And again, as Tommy Lastella has really struggled to stay healthy this year, you know, that might be uh, another versatile bat that they'll need to call upon. At some point. But before I go, I do want to call your attention to a story that's been making its waves around the Giants universe and one that probably you haven't seen or heard about if you've been watching just the Giants broadcast. And it's that the Giants concession workers, or concession workers at Oracle Park, um, technically employees of Bon Appetit, a contracting firm that the Giants essentially have a contract with, that Bon Appetit staffs their concessions. Um, at Oracle Park, and then obviously the Giants get most likely a majority, although we don't know the direct terms, but a large portion of the profits that the concessions get. Those workers held a vote to strike on Saturday, and by an overwhelming majority, 96.5% of those who voted and more than 80% of the union did cast a ballot, voted to strike. Now, what that means is not that the workers are striking... As of Saturday, a vo- usually in union terms, it's not an uncommon bureaucra- bureaucratic step where a union has to vote to strike, which then allows them to strike at any point going forward. So the union has not announced beginning a strike yet, but they now have the power to do so whenever they choose. And before you react to that, I want to give you some of the details that has come out from the reporting. I want to give a particular hat tip to Alex Schultz over at SFGate, who was the first um, on this story and really dove into the circumstances of how this has come about. You can read up uh, a quick synopsis that is uh, dropped over on Around the Foghorn. I wrote Um, today, or at least it'll be up on Sunday, but again, you can go back to Alex Schultz and there's a number of writers around the Bay area who've been covering this. Um, but when the pandemic first, you know, started last season, obviously a lot of games, a lot of events were canceled, you know around the sports world and teams did various things to help their concession workers who, while not direct employees rely on this contract work, right? These, these people are not salaried by the giants or even by Bon Appetit. They are paid per event. They are paid hourly. And so, um, you know, Bon Appetit has a contract with the giants. They also actually um, have a contract with the golden state warriors and chase center. The warriors provide concession workers with a thousand dollars and help with health insurance costs um, due to the lack of events last season. The Giants sent workers just $500 and offered no assistance with insurance, and that's despite canceling roughly twice as many events for these people. Right? You think about the Warriors, it's an 82-game season, 41 at home. Giants, 162-game season, that's 81 at home. Um, again, there's there's other non Giants or Warriors events that they they would also work, whether it be concerts in the case of Chase Center or you know Fan Fest or things like that at Oracle Park. But nonetheless, the Giants have far more events, and yet they gave half the cash um, amount to these workers and offered no help with health insurance to these employees. And so that sparks a you know one of many things that have brought us to where we are. Today, um, aside from the issues of compensation for when the pandemic wasn't full force and events weren't happening, these employees are also only uh, qualify for employer health insurance for both the Giants and Bon Appetit if they've worked at least 10 events in a month. But for most of the pandemic... There obviously weren't ten events a month at Oracle Park for these people to work at. And in fact, as we look ahead to the offseason, the Giants do not have ten monthly events scheduled, which means these employees will be dropped from their health insurance even if they worked every possible event they could work. There's one employee who actually was forced to take a month off, I believe it was June or July, after they fell working a concession This season, and they lost their health insurance because of it. Another um, employee in Schultz's report, a chef, just isn't hasn't been able to work the ten monthly events in the shift rotations, and so he doesn't have health insurance. Um, And on top of all of that, the Giants and uh, Bon Appetit told these employees, when they were bringing fans back to the ballpark, that there was no need for hazard pay, right? Hazard pay, a common thing we've seen throughout the service sector and and frankly throughout many sectors where, you know, if we're going to bring you back in person to your job, if you're going to be dealing with a lot of people in your job, we're going to pay you a bit more because we understand that you're at greater risk right now, right? COVID-19, you are at greater risk of contracting a very dangerous virus. And so we're going to compensate you for that. They said, We're not, we don't need hazard pay because we're going to take all these precautions. We're going to check vaccine cards. We're going to make a mask mandate. Well, very quickly, as soon as uh, the laws in California is allowed it, the Giants dropped their vaccine mandate. So people weren't required to show vaccination cards. And the Giants, while they have a mask mandate in place, it has been very lax in enforcement. I can attest to this, having attended a game last at this point. In late July, but nonetheless, when I was there in July, masking was very inconsistent and there was no one there enforcing it. And in fact, according to Schultz's reporting, only one employee was explicitly told not to tell people to put on a mask, even if they're violating the policy. So, you know, many of all of these factors and many others. Another thing to note these employees, even before the pandemic, haven't received a raise in three years. We're already trying to negotiate raises, um, you know, before um, all of this has happened with the pandemic. But nonetheless, we're here. They've had this vote to strike, and the Giants have said nothing. They're refusing to comment to reporters, They're refu- they've said nothing to to these employees or this union, and they're taking the stance that this isn't their problem because technically these people aren't Giants employees. And of course, anyone with any ounce of understanding of this situation can very easily understand what this is. The Giants are deflecting responsibility onto a subcontractor that they only have to deflect responsibility to in these very situations. right? Bone Appetit works under the constraints that the Giants put upon them. Bon Appetit does not have money to make at Oracle Park if the Giants say we're not going to renew your contract. They don't have money to make if the Giants don't say. The Giants are the ones who set these parameters, and they could change these things in an instant. And their refusal to do so, especially amidst one of the most successful seasons in years, I think is just one of the latest examples, a sad example that. You know, fans are being forced, and I'll include myself in that, we're being forced to reckon with right now. Again, I'm not saying you can't watch Giants games or even enjoy Giants games. I'm not trying to, you know, tell you what to do. But there is this reality here, that the Giants, a franchise worth, according to Forbes, over $3.1 billion, with a principal owner in Charles Johnson worth over $5 billion, also according to Forbes, are refusing... To aid concession workers, some of the you know most important members, right, of your experience, if you're going to a game at Oracle Park, and some reporting by NBC Bay Area and several other outlets have report have confirmed this. The union is requesting a three dollars an hour in retroactive hazard pay, and for the event minimum to qualify for health insurance to be lowered to nine events per month rather than ten. I want you to think about that for a minute, $3 an hour and one event fewer for, per month to qualify for health insurance. Um, now, I, I hope there are other, it sounds like there might be some other demands and other things that are more fluid because, you know, this union is obviously in, in current negotiation. If they're not going to get offered some of those other things, there might be other ways that can be made up for. And Nonetheless, nevertheless, the Giants could take so many steps, whether it be putting more stringent policies in place to protect their employees, whether it be standing up for their employees to make sure they're better compensated to work under these hazards, or at the very least ensuring these workers who are at higher risk of contact contracting a dangerous virus can get and maintain health insurance coverage. All of that should be a very simple step. And, and, and it is something that I need to highlight Today, because you know, while the Giants games against the Dodgers are the biggest stories, this I think is one that can easily get overlooked or you might not even hear about if you are only watching Giants games. So, I wanted to get that on your plate, um, on this Sunday, and we'll be back, um, sometime next week. We'll see if we do one midweek, um, but if we don't, um, nonetheless, I will be back next Sunday with another episode episode at the latest so this has been the 37th episode of sound the foghorn fan side it's official san francisco giants podcast as always you can follow around the foghorn on twitter at round the foghorn you can also obviously check out all the news all the latest rumors all the updates on the giants prospects over at around the and i'm your host mark taluki you can follow at mad on twitter that is m-a-d-d-e-l-u-c-c-h I, as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, stay safe and have a wonderful week.